1: I can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on December the 7th, 2010. I always ask the newcomers, and there's always folk coming in. I know it's monotonous for those who listen all the time, but there's always new- newcomers coming in to listen, and I advise them to go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website, where you'll find years and hundreds of talks of worth of audios, in fact, download and peruse at your leisure, where I try to give you shortcuts to the big picture of what you take as reality, the reality that's formed for you and that you adapt into, as your parents did before, and how it's becoming more and more increasingly accurate in the formation of behavior of vast populations as the sciences all work together with incredible funding from you of course a taxpayer so the governments can manage you much more easily bringing you through the transitions that you're going through right now into the new big society as i like to call it and the planned society the planned world society so help yourself to the audios and remember they all carry all those sites listed there these are my official sites carry the same audios. They carry transcripts in English of a lot of the talks I've given over the years. And if you want transcripts in other languages, go into Alan, Alan sentient, Sentinel.eu. That's listed on the front page of the com site as well. And help yourself to the variety that's offered. And remember that you're the audience that bring me to you. So if you want to help me out, you can donate or purchase the books and discs I have for sale. I could Turn out a lot more of a time to do it, but believe you me, this is more than any full-time job. It's more than a vacation either. It's, a, it's a, a must-be, as I call it, something you must do, because you only get one chance in a lifetime to come out with this kind of information as we're going through the big transition itself. Something's been planned for hundreds of years. And for those who are still stuck in the old reality, the one that's been given to you, you'll find that hard to believe, but the evidence is all there. And it's documented down through history, and I try to give you some of the players on, on documentation of uh, their parts in planning this big system in which you live today and where it's going. So, purchase the books and so on that I have for sale. Keep me going. Uh, it's expensive to do what I'm doing. Believe you me, and it's a, it's more than a say a full time job because it takes every single hour of every day to do this, and a good part of the night as well. And it's a a seven-day-a-week affair, basically. There's no there's no time, as always, something wrong with computers or whatever. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember you can order the books by a, a, a personal check. You can also use an international postal money order. And you can send cash, or you can use PayPal to donate or to purchase. If you want to purchase the books and so on, just send the donation, followed by an email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you how to do that on the website at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And it's when you first understand how psychology works in this big program, it's all pervasive, it's all encompassing, it's everything that you take as reality. Because big institutions with incredible funding uh, have been studying you for an awful long time, and your parents before you, and their parents and so on, for an awful long time to alter behaviors, destroy old cultures, old values that they saw, would cause conflict. Uh, Histories, too, would go out the window, of course, and a lot of that has already disappeared. They don't get taught it in school. Once again, so they don't have old grudges against other peoples coming down through time. And some people think that's a good thing. But on on the other hand, if you're after the truth, why should anything be hidden? And perhaps we should know the truth of what's happened and who's done what to whom down through the ages on all sides. Then let us make an informed opinion. Back with more after this break. We're back, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix, talking about the big agenda, the big world plan in which you live, and how you're all being trained, and you've been trained all your life to change opinions and change habits, and the way that you view things have all been changed. It's a constantly upgraded process, basically like computer programs, and that's how they word it, in fact, in the government agencies, which are responsible for altering the citizenry's behavior. And most folk don't ever think about that aspect of it because you think government's there to kind of serve you or to cave in to the demands of pressure groups and so on. But in reality, uh, it's the other way around. Government's in the business of altering your behavior so that you will give them less of a trouble down the road. That's how it really is designed. And as I say, massive organizations work with uh, governments, all governments, And the governments themselves have departments of civil service or or bureaucrats on board with them, dealing with nothing but that, how to change the the opinion and the the behavior of their their societies. It's astonishing when you really start digging into it and see the big universities that cooperate with them and all the rest of it. And what they do too, apart from taking in individuals' data, remember we're living in what's called Total Information Network Network. And I've gone into it before where they have a virtual world in the Pentagon for one place. They'll have the same in Whitehall for London. Uh, But uh, they put a virtual you in there with your daily updates and what you're interested in. Even when you change fads or trends and, and follow the rest, they'll know all about it, add it to your virtual you. They test your virtual you in different scenarios via computer to see how you would behave. And, of course... They find out that you behave that way in real life. So they're very, very reliable and it's all to do with uh, predictive programming. You're, you, you got to predict. You see, you cannot be a, or have a totalitarian society run from the top down without obedience, uh, mass obedience at the bottom, unless everyone is very predictable. And for the individuals out there too, they still assess you, of course, and they try to find the nearest cluster group that you would belong to that uh, are similar to yourselves. And um, and then they find ways to try and attack that particular cluster so that they can also have their opinions shaped and bent and twisted until they're made properly. You see, properly, that's the word for it really. I remember reading an old philosopher and he said something to this effect. Uh, so I, I'm not quoting him, but just... Uh, he, he basically said that in all ages... And in all lands, the proper authorities uh, saw to it that the proper religion or belief was taught to the people, and so they came up with the proper method of teaching, the proper belief system was taught, and the people believed properly. And that's how it's always really been. This is no secret to those who are taught uh, from the archives, of course. I've mentioned the fact that there are archives. I've read from some of the people who had access to the archives, like Bertrand Russell and so on. And these archives are, contain the data of thousands of years of histories and advisors to kings and queens and, and such like, all the way up to the present time. And all the studies have been done even in the ancient times on populations because, yes, they were always. You see, there's nothing more interesting to a governing body than you uh, everything that comes to provide the luxury for the king, the court, and so on, has to come from all of you. And, of course, most of the peasantry never really saw how the kings and, and such lived. They lived in big castles that were heavily fortified and guarded uh, guarded against who? Against the peasants themselves, the same people who worshipped the king, in case they would get angry at one stage, perhaps getting taxed too much, and rebel. So they could never imagine how uh, these people were living with real floors instead of living in sort of mud-wattle huts with straw on the floor. And that's how it was in all across Europe, you know, right up through the Middle Ages until even into the 1800s for many, many places. And um, as I say, it's to do with perception as well and how even tyrants after a time, we come in with the uh, big armies and do massive slaughter, how the people themselves will start to associate those kings with their own. They'll think they are ours. They, they portray me. They portray my country because those kings and queens, even though they never breed into the people they rule over, uh, actually adopt all the symbols of your country. In fact, they give them to your flags and all the rest of it, your national anthems and all the stuff that brings tears to your eyes because they want to make you patriotic and serve them and see the person at the top uh, as your big benefactor, the guy who epitomizes the big father of you and all of yours. Today it's the same thing. It's astonishing that the only country, I think, that still uses this extreme is the U.S. with its presidents, because they kind of deify them with all the ritual propaganda. And, of course, it's all stage-managed, by professionals when they're all running for candidacy and all of the symbols come out, the flags, the banners, the speeches with familiar phrases that have been used for hundreds of years Uh, and they put them over again and the people really do get tears in their eyes and all the rest of it because they've had incredible indoctrination into this kind of reality to do with their country. They can also give that country um, another sort of cover or, or total makeover when it, it clouds the people from seeing who really runs their country. They still think it's the same old way and they're taught to believe it's still the same old way with representation and so on. And of course, they try to keep all the lobbyists and the money changers out of it, but that's what's really inside government, all around government, in fact. And the whole thing runs on this thing called money and lobbying and contracts because the biggest honeypots in the country, in any country, is from the tax revenue that the government brings in. That's the big, big honeypots. And federal contracts are worth billions and billions and trillions of dollars sometimes. So we live in a fake make-believe system. And uh, once again, they even muddy the waters further by making you think there's a right and a left to it all with uh, conservatives holding on to something that's been or has passed. And the ones who are progressive, uh, so-called progress, progressive, uh, I like the term that they use, progressive, but they never tell you progressing towards what? Bring you all of the uh, do-as-you-want type thing, more freedom. But really, is it more freedom at all or more debasement? Because the more freedom we're given, uh, if, we get, if we do follow the left, you end up with a Soviet-type system and yes, you can have plenty of sex and all the rest of it, and the state will take care of all of the the fallout from that for you for free, maybe. But uh, what's the fallout in the family? Well, of course, you have to go into the family unit to find out they don't want the family unit anymore, and neither do the right wing either. Because many in the right wing uh, actually have talked about it, and they, they're all for this progressive new society, they see, coming in. Coming into view is one of the terms they use quite often, and the hour and the hour of the time, etc. These are terms that came from pre-Masonry. At one time, rebellions were started with the speeches wherever they used, this is the hour. And literally, that was the Masonic code word for starting off rebellions. But anyway, here we are today, and we've been turned upside down since about 1950, I'd say. Uh, Actually, beforehand, if you take all the changes, but... They really went on a roll from 1950s onwards, and a lot of it was actually uh, accepted by presidents who, who signed agreements with various uh, far-left groups that left the Soviet er- areas of uh, combat and came over to Britain, America, France, and elsewhere to spread their doctrines of really the Trotskyist uh, methods of the perfect society. Again, using constant revolution. That's where you're in today with wars on this, wars on that, wars on terror, wars on poverty, war on you and total information network is ongoing revolution where they believe they can speed up the evolution of society. So why wait for things to come up with a new thesis, why not create the thesis and control them and speed them up to the synthesis to start off the new thesis and progress, 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 etc. But it's guided progression, and that's what most folk don't realize, it's guided progression. Guys were talking about this back in the 1930s and publishing books about it. Guys who belong to the big organizations of the world already at that time, like the Huxleys and like the Russells, and many others from the Frankfurt School who joined them, of course, and the Macy Group, and of course um, the Vienna uh, School and College as well, as they call themselves, were all in on the act. And presidents in the U.S. gave them permission to set up in the U.S. and help guide the system. Bernays was in on the act too, the father of uh, consumerism, but he wasn't just a father of consumerism; he was a father of mass behavioral psychology. And the fact that you believe in the fact you could make the people do anything and believe anything and, and ultimately obviously alter their behavior to be any which way you wanted it to go. That's what you're in today. And it's astonishing how initially when people, see people don't like having their behavior change. They don't, don't like having their cultures change. That's normal. And initially there's always outcries from the people. They grumble when they get hit with something that seems absurd to them and goes against the grain like new kinds of sexuality and stuff like that because they always think, well, and quite rightly so the present rules exist to protect us and these did work in local areas, in large areas and national areas and sure as fate, of course, once they start to break all the rules, uh, destroy the families redefine families and push promiscuity that the sky's the limit to where it's all going to go. And if we have had so much child molestations in, in the last, oh, I'd say 40 years, speeding up like crazy to the present time, uh, that but most folk don't complain now, it's common fare. So once you've passed the initial phase of being absolutely disgusted and indignant about it all, you, you start to accept the new system coming in back with more after this. So we're back, and we're cutting through the matrix, talking about the use of psychology. And it's surprising, too, that they brought different anthropologists into the big associations they formed in America and in Britain and elsewhere, all working together and connected to each other, of course, because they planned to change all of society at the same time. That's why they worked so hard to bring a European Union. of course, the Council on Foreign Relations is right in it, of course. They're part of it part of it, and the funding comes from the big foundations, and a lot of funding today actually comes from tax money as well, because they manage to become kind of legitimate and out in the open, and you dish out your cash to them in order for them to find ways to brainwash you, and accept the next part of the the regime as it upgrades itself. All planned, as I say, we're not stumbling down through time, uh, just just uh, dealing with crisis after crisis that come out of the blue. It didn't used to be like this. We didn't used to have crisis after crisis, believe it or not, for those who can't remember. And uh, this is perpetual war, they call it. Perpetual war upon the public to keep you off guard at all times. And I was reading an article today from one of the big psychological associations that works for the British government. And they were going through this technique, in fact, and how they must always, always try and get the public consent And they use basic uh, animalistic behavior, punishment, reward, and all of that kind of stuff uh, to achieve consent from the public, including giving up all the rights that was mentioned. Uh, but, But they said that people will always give up something in return for something. That's how they work, basically. Uh, no different if you're trading one item for another item. You want a fair trade. When, and it really, that psychology still works right down to government level and government and the people. The people, if they think they're going to get something for nothing, actually, will give up an awful, awful lot, believe it or not. Uh, it's like the same people you'll see at the doors when the sales open and the stores. And they end up stampeding in and crushing each other. These are, that's pretty representative of a lot of the general public out there, something for nothing. But they also want you to be afraid, because fear draws you in to get protection from Big Brother, something the ancients knew as well. And kings were apt to do this kind of stuff. They'd start rumors that there was going to be an invasion And the king will protect you, but it's going to cost to have to rearm the men and all the rest of it And 90% of the cash that he got in on taxis, the extra cash would go to his luxury yacht or something However, that's how it really has always worked You must get the consent of the governed, no matter what the governing governing class are doing to you Today I was reading, uh, saw two, uh, it's a very short video So I managed to get it downloaded on the satellite, believe it or not What a miracle that was, even though they claim it's high speed But... It was about uh, as a banker, a guy portraying a banker. And uh, it's quite an interesting little sort of uh, rhyme that he goes through in an old poem uh, that he goes through about being a banker and how he views the general public. Because regardless of the times or the ages and th- in which we live and what's happening, the banker is always up there in control, never loses out on anything. And he talks about keep, uh, keeping you all in chaos and then offering the solutions and so on. Same kind of idea. We're so easily managed, it's disgusting. It, it really is disgusting how easy society is managed. really is. Now, there's an article here about the Federal Reserve, the ones who plundered us, of course, and they rape us. And I say now they're coming after your shirts too because we've nothing much left to give them. They've taken the mortgage uh, system into the hole as it was designed to go as well. And really it's because all the small businesses that were in America have gone... They were put under by the big WalMarts and all the big chain stores, and all the the, the companies that have stuff imported from China. That was all discussed. And it, was, it was known to have it would happen uh, before they even signed the the GATT, the General Agreement on Trade and Tariffs, through the World Trade Organization. They knew where they were going to bring America back then, and all of that was going to be the fallout of it, mass unemployment as well. But the Federal Reserve reveals trillions of dollars dished out to world banks to aid financial crisis. This is the banks all over the planet, including one and a half trillion to British banks. And it's from the Daily Mail, of course. And it says the Federal Reserve has revealed details of trillions of dollars it gave in emergency aid to U.S. and foreign banks during the financial crisis. New documents show it paid out a staggering $1.5 trillion, almost £1 trillion, to British banks, over a third of the total money lent in an effort to prop up the financial sector the fed dished out 2.2 trillion to banking giant citigroup 2.1 trillion to merrill lynch and 2 trillion to morgan stanley in addition payments have also been made to bear stearns who got 960 billion bank of america 887 billion goldman sachs 615 billion jp morgan chase 178 billion and Wells Fargo 154 billion it's not bad daddy I mean getting these gifts getting these gifts to you just given to you just straight here you are have this no strings attached and it says the US Federal Reserve um, led some 3.3 trillion to financial institutions and over 1 trillion dollars or 640 million to British banks and it says um the banks earned $14 billion from July through to September this year, showing that the green shoots are definitely showing. It says, um, large non-banking U.S. companies which borrowed from the Federal Reserve included General Electric, who used a total of more than $16 billion. It's, sorry, that's, um, yeah, that's $16 billion. Howard Davison, $2.3 billion, And a group of independent Caterpillar dealers, $733 billion. Now, these companies, too, General Electric and, and Caterpillar, part of the military as well and uh, that's well, part of the mill industrial complex so naturally they take care of their own now that's the music coming in again I think so we're back after this break
0: you're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth
1: Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix just to finish that last article there. It said the system basically failed because banks stopped lending to each other, said Paul Miller, a banking analyst at FBR Capital Markets. Well, what a con. And they get rewarded for it. And no one changes the system. Because why? Because, you see, it's important we still keep working for this thing called money for a while yet, at least until we get our credit system in and the, the government with its private uh, public uh, partnership deal will have banks just issue you credits. It's, it's pretty well that at the moment, it's all debt money isn't it? And everyone's living on, on credit. Now there's a caller there from uh, Ontario, it's Clint, are you there Clint? Hello? Hello, is Clint there?
0: Yeah, I'm here Al.
1: Yes, go ahead.
0: Thanks for taking my call. Um... uh, We know from you, from uh, letting us know about all these authors with uh, the psychology they've been imposing on us for the past century or so, uh, the scientific psychology, and I think there's a way we need to reverse this. Now, I sent you an email uh, with regards to the common land that a friend of mine, Peter, mentioned to me about that I had no idea about. Now, we know there's common rights and common law, but this common land, I think we need to use... To try to get back at deprogramming society uh, in a way of um, you know uh, planting seeds, as the saying goes, we need to plant seeds for for growth of foods that are natural, so we can combat uh, the food that they're they're using to to kill us with. Now uh, we need to change because, as you say, and and as everybody knows. Uh, this plan that is is going on right now, it's literally it's it's going to kill us all. And if we don't yeah. come out of this, then then there's no point to go on. So um, the idea that he's thrown at me and myself, we've been talking about it, is we got to find where we can get this common land. Uh, it's it's it, it's in every. Uh, in every town, apparently. I, I, don't, I don't know if you know of it yourself, like where we can. I, I've
1: it. watched this for 20 years, this common land idea.
0: Like, where could we get it?
1: Well, I'll tell you, to be honest with you, see, the guys who run the system aren't going to let you get it. That's the key. You're not living in a system where it's sort like of a chess game and you do this and they do that. It's not like that at all. These guys have cleared the board and been right across the board already, and the public haven't realized it. They've turned everything upside down. They have the use of force, and that takes care of, of all. You can stand there with, with banners. They don't care. And um, just like they shoved the Indians into reservations, they're going to do the same, of course, with everyone else. They simply call them habitat areas. It's a reservation. That's all it is. And they have their plans. It's a world plan, too. And um, I understand the whole thing about fee simples and so on and all the different ways they used to own titles to the land, but that's been long, long gone, long gone. And what they have done is is, is they've always had in the background the real law of the land where everything in the Commonwealth, for instance, is owned by the Queen under four she's a topsoil. Everything's hers.
0: Yeah, the crown land.
1: That's the crown land. And uh, that's never changed. And that supersedes all other laws that come afterwards, you see.
0: I've seen seen here on an article here that since the 19th century, uh, a a lot of the... the, uh, the wealthy have been eating up the crown land. Like they, it's been given back to them, so they've taken mm-hmm. it away from us. Yeah. But the point is, though, if we can somehow find this crown land and use it in a way, um, we can kind of like use it as a, a system where we can grow food and then donate it to local, uh, you know, charities and food banks and towns, and just get a way of getting the community involved with growing natural food.
1: I'll tell you what's going to happen if you do that. you are falling right into communitarianism, which is what they want you to do.
0: But uh, I want to use it as a way of like letting the people know of, of, of the plan of Agenda 21 and whatnot and the aspartame and the foods and, and stuff like that. It's like, because as we know, there's a big health movement right now for a healthy lifestyle and there's an organic movement. But a lot of these people that are into this, they don't realize that a lot of this stuff comes from China still and whatnot and, it, and it's not as organic as they think. So this way, like we can kind of, you know, plant the seeds to feed their minds, as my friend would say, you know, like just it's it's kind of like a way to to fight it, you know, stealth like to, to fight this plan. Like I know it's as I said to you before, like it seems like I'm lost and and just I'm. I'm
1: no, see so I've watched I've watched people for years and years come to the same. I've watched every every way that they've tried to get out of the trap. Yeah. And what you're going through is something that people have been doing for an awful, awful long time, trying. And it, it doesn't work because, as I say, this system doesn't play fair. They have an agenda. Uh, they will not change their agenda for anyone. They have the power of law. They've got the power of force, ultimately. And um, and they've got their own uh, little ideas of communitarianism, where they'll uh, appoint uh, people in charge of growing the food for the little area, etc., But ultimately, they don't want anyone on the land who does not work for the big agri-food businesses. The United Nations said the same thing Uh, from the Department of Agriculture at the UN. They said farming is too important to be left to, to farmers. What she meant was small farmers... Um, she, The idea is eventually that the, the, the world body will be in control of all the world's produce of food Because you see, the world you're going into isn't one where you get free choices to do this or that or to grow your food The world you're going into, and it's already planned and underway, and, and a good part's instituted already Is that um, the big agri-food businesses and the CEOs will have total control over your entire life Your health, whether you live or die, or whether you even get born if they need you That's unfortunately where you are at this stage, but understand where you are because I've seen so many folk over many years go into the same uh, alleyway, and it is an alleyway of natural, rational thinking, until you realize that this system is much, much bigger, and it's not agreeable to having people come up and question it or try alternate things. It's totalitarian in structure, and uh, they won't change because someone wants to go off and grow natural food. Or grab a free simple title to the land or whatever um, it just won't work I've watched people go under many many times before trying this you know but I understand where you're coming from yeah,
0: yeah I mentioned that to him too I, I said well if we were to do this like uh, I can see where uh, they, they would let you have the land but then they would come down with something like well you know what you're gonna have to use our seeds which are given to us from Monsanto
1: know what i mean well they do that but they're also bringing in a, a new system of um it isn't just carbon taxes that you're getting you're going to have nutrient taxes nutrient t- nutrient taxes are the same as carbon taxes only it's on the amount of pollution you cause by the various um the various chemicals that you use on the land etc cetera, etc cetera, even in organic um even fertilizers and you're going to, have to pay incredible fines for that except for the big agri-food businesses because they're exempt from all of that kind of stuff
0: yeah, but I, I, I just, I can't, you know, Alan, I just can't really like tuck my tail between my legs here and, and give mm-hmm. up. Like actually my friend was kind of mad at me because the last call he said I kind of sounded like I was giving up. Like, and he's, and he's been mm-hmm.
1: so respectful. I mean, the best thing you can do right now is to try and grab a bit of land for yourself. And, and while well, you can still own it or at least you don't own it as you know, if you go in to buy land and can has been like for years, I had an argument with a lawyer about it. He, um, when I noticed that, um, when you buy a piece of property, regardless of the property, they don't have owner on the title anymore. They have tenant. And that means you're a tenant. You're not an owner, even though the, you're going to pay up the cash for all that. You're never an owner. And I said to him, I said, I come from Europe. I understand the difference between tenant and owner, you know. And he gave me that little smile as he wore his Saturnalian gown. Of course, he was just in from a court somewhere. And, uh, and of course, I do know that lawyers are part of it. They, they're exempt from that, actually. They get ownership of land. That's why they go along with it in Canada. And the
0: lawyers are, are the bad
1: ones. But from oh, yeah.
0: experience experience then, you, you don't know yourself then if there's still available common land here in Ontario? That could be, you know...
1: Right now, do a search. Do a search on, on Canada government, federal government and... Um, and parks, national parks, you're so astonished at the millions of acres they've been adding every year to their own Crown Corporation and taking land off.
0: I went to uh, Ontario's uh, website there for agriculture and I, and I tried to punch in common land and whatnot and I just can't absolutely find it anywhere.
1: No, it's gone now. The common land, actually the common land has been taken off people for hundreds of years, even in the feudal system that was supposedly left but never really did. And the common land was, was in agreement with nature itself basically that you need food to, to eat. And if you've got feudal overlords, you must have common ground, land on which to graze your animals and to plant your own vegetables. And eventually the people even in England were were living in the in the rugged, um, rockiest places, at least for the common land, and eating terrible uh, withered vegetables you could hardly grow. And until that was done away with altogether under regulations, mainly during wartime situ- situations, World War I and Two, and it, they basically took the last of the common land off of the public. They instituted a law recently too, last year I read it on the air, where you couldn't gather, uh, the, the fallen firewoods, uh, fallen, fallen wood from the boughs in Crown land anymore in Britain. It'll be the same in Canada shortly uh, for your firewood. That was all, that was something that had been there for, since the Domesday Book. Uh, you know, and uh, the Magna Carta, uh, but now you get fined if you're caught picking up dead branches to 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 warm yourself at home. Yeah,
0: yeah, there'll be a tax for everything like that exactly.
1: That's where it's going. There's no doubt. See, they're not. These guys sat uh, together a long time ago and said, if we institute this, this, and this, how will the public react? And they go through every scenario in advance. Of different types of groups that will form, how they'll try to get around the laws, the regulations, and they, they find ways to block that from happening. And they've been awfully, they've had nothing to do for the last hundred years except have think tanks working and all this kind of stuff.
0: Well, and personally, I can see how how far the effect has been done to society. But yes. I, 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 I don't want to accept the fact that there's no way that we can reverse the psychology on people. Like, there's got to be a way, Alan
1: you you have to you understand that people have already changed in their psychology they don 't know it though they don 't know it. You see at one time they had more common values, and it was the common values that gave them survival capabilities together uh, and collectively well that 's been destroyed and replaced with new values from the state itself and they also put default positions in them if you think of something They got this from religion by the way, I have to say that too. It's not whacking in religion either, it's just a fact. Um, they set default positions in people when you thought of something, oh, that, that could be a sin, and you went back to default, so you didn't continue the thought any further. Well, they use this in psychology, wherever you see something that's wrong uh you get set to default if it makes you uncomfortable or whatever and you know it's just bad for society, they go back to default. And that's what you're seeing in people when you're trying to explain what's happening to them and you get that sudden blank stare and they get rather nervous and want to turn away. They've been set to default. This stuff actually works on them all. And they're all watching the same televisions. They're all watch, they're all talking about the same tropics because they're given out by the media and that they're punching in their iPod the training yeah so what you have to do and what you can do right now is only what you can do is to grab a bit of land while you can still get it and work on your own and I've known various folk have tried it in the past and I'll tell you you have more problems with the people coming in to live and help out uh, than it would be by doing it yourself because they cannot get along anymore and you, then you get group dynamics coming in and then someone wants to be a new leader etc etc that's all part of the new system as well
0: okay well, i'll try and look into that common land thing and, I, and I'll try to look into it more, but I just don't want to give up. I think the you know like uh, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, if you can just grow food for yourself uh, or, or your family or people you know to start with uh, that's good enough because at least you have better stuff than the rubbish they're selling in the stores
0: exactly and the, and what I was saying too with my friend is this way we can donate it to the local food banks and then somehow with the local uh, papers and that it, it might make news so to speak oh look at these nice guys in the town they're donating food and in that way like i was saying earlier like we can plant seeds to these people and say well you know what i'm i'm growing this food naturally because i've been doing research over the years and i'm noticing all the poisons they're putting in our food so i just thought i would do good for myself and my fellow man and start growing food naturally and just yeah. try to attack them that way you know what i mean yeah. And maybe that might plant the seed in the mind of the person to say, you know what, what's this guy talking about? What, what does he mean poisoning the food? And they might look at it themselves. Because uh, to continue on with the conspiracy part of it, like uh, that's getting us nowhere. Like. Talk about
1: 9/11 or there, there's no conspiracy. There's no conspiracy. It's only consp- it's only a conspiracy for those who are dead to the world and yeah, uh, who
0: are programmed to think that's what
1: it is. Yeah, everything else is out in the open today. Where they're going every day, there's laws passed and agreements in the global society uh passed, and uh, we're told where we're going, and we see where we're going. We see all around us. So there's no conspiracy anymore. It's out in the open. Yeah.
0: It's fact. Mm-hmm. It's fact. Exactly.
1: But thanks for calling, and, and good luck, and just grab a piece of land and at least do it for yourself. If you can, well, you can do it, yeah. Uh,
0: maybe maybe I can send you some tom, tom, tomatoes or something, you know.
1: <laughs> that's right. Stuff, stuff that isn't irradiated, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Okay, bye-bye.
1: Bye now. Uh, and that's a problem today, too, because, I mean, I've, I've been watching the stuff in the States, and they're irradiating all the vegetables as well. Before they're sold, and that will become ultimate law in Canada elsewhere. And you couldn't give stuff away eventually. And a bill that they passed in the states recently, in fact, has a lot of that in it. That eventually you won't be able to give stuff to anybody. Definitely not sell it, or, or but definitely not give it away either. If you look at all the clauses in it. So it, control over food and water is vital here. That's why the, the biggest uh, um, the foundations right now are buying up the world's water supply. If you control the water, you control life on the planet. All life on the planet. This is war. Standard war tactics. You go for food and water, shelter, clothing. And then if you are in control of that, everyone is at your mercy. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. But yeah, people should try at least to grow their own stuff while they can do it at the moment. And especially keep their own seed for goodness sake because the stuff, the poisons that are coming down from Monsanto and others are definitely having the desired effect they're meant to do, and cancer is skyrocketing with all kinds of cancers that even the surgeons can't give names to because they're so different, unusual they're cropping up all the time they know what's causing it, of course they do at the higher levels, it's called depopulation, not all at once just more at a time, more this year than last year and so on, that's how it goes, no one really notices it so much then interesting little a tip that came across in news too was that the TSA, those big blobby guys that uh, are, are pro-carbohydrate, positive, uh, proactive, uh, that you see bouncing folk around in airports, they get recruited. Their biggest advertising campaign for those pinheads comes from pizza boxes, delivered pizza. No kidding. Here's an article here, TSA recruits on pizza boxes. This is a transportation security administration seems to be all about experimentation these days, trying out new security measures, including controversial pat downs and screening methods and now advertising for jobs on pizza boxes. The Washington Post reports this week that the TSA is broadening their security horizons by using the boxes as a new way to market to prospective candidates. So they don't want intelligent people. They want the guys that are sitting munching away there and, you know, swigging their beer and watching sports and they find it hard to get out of their seat because they're stuck in it, generally wedged in at the sides. That's the kind of guys that they bring in for the TSA. Back with more after this. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. I'll put a link up, too, on how nutrient trading could help restore the Chesapeake Bay. So nutrient trading is being pushed from big organizations, big foundations out there, again, all associated with this world government idea. And it says uh, this this particular one comes from the the WRI working paper, uh, who's doing research on this to bring it forth to the public. That's how they do things. They do it in working papers and then present it to the governments and so on. And it says um, it will bring economic benefits and all the rest of it, including potential benefits to the agriculture, wastewater, and stormwater sectors. But they want to really tax you on what they claim will be waste. And they'll work it through computers, just like the, the CO2 idea, so much in, so much out, etc., etc. And In other words, heavy taxation is all it is on basically um, nutrient trading a great idea. I don't know what the next one will be. They've they've got gas trading, they've got all these kind of things trading. Who knows what it'll be? It might be fishes trading for all I know and I'm not kidding about that either. could be too. Anyway, nutrient trading as it says up there with with basically the CO2 and all the rest of it and the global warming. And Eventually, I'll put up two tonight this particular article on one of the biggest organizations in the States, based in New York, and it's a university, it's called, it's now called the New School. It was started off by the Fabian Society as part of the CFR, of course, for world government. And it gives you a part of the history of it. It says here, too, during the, um, after 1933, it says, um, a lot of them were exiled from America because they were basically communists. It doesn't use the term here, but it says they became a university in exile and it was founded in 1933 as a division of the New School for Social Research. And it was a haven for neo-Marxist scholars from the Frankfurt School who'd been dismissed from teaching positions by the Italian fascists or to flee Nazi Germany. It was because they all had a lot in common, and they were all communists as well, you see. So it's interesting to see that in Nazi Germany you had National Socialism fighting, International Socialism and it was one and the same thing But the internationalists had a bigger plan Than just keeping it fairly local It says the University in Excel was initially founded by Hiram Halley And the Rockefeller Foundation Oh, no no wonder, eh? I've told you, the foundations run your world They are the parallel governments collectively It says it was later renamed the Graduate Faculty of Political and Social Science And bore this name until changing to its present one in 2005 The new school And so it's interesting to see all the characters who went through here. Leo Strauss was one of them. And, of course, he taught uh, uh, the last bunch who really ran the government when Bush was the front man. And uh, he was an adamant supporter of uh, perpetual war, for instance, and so on, and the Frankfurt School, etc., etc., etc. Interesting link to Peruse for those who've got the patience to do it But they're into drama and all the rest of it Acting, etc. Hollywood Big hand in Hollywood and what Hollywood Would turn out to Alter your behaviour by Showing you various movies and it certainly Has been awfully effective because the Culture creators and the culture Creating departments are essential For altering you So that you, you will be altered to go into The new big society As it's called Quite the world we live in—it's nothing like it's portrayed by the general media, the eh? way. Nothing at all. Well, from Hamish, myself, from Ontario, Canada. It's good night to me, your God, or your gods. Go with you.